This call is being recorded. Hello, and welcome to Sustainable Business Fridays, hosted by the Bard MBA in Sustainability. My name is Stephanie Milbergs, and I'm Assistant Director of the Bard MBA program. We are thrilled to have Lev Naton, founder of the Medicine Tree Center, on our show today. Before turning over the mic to second-year MBA student Brooke Ford, I want to provide some background about the Bard MBA in Sustainability. We are one of a few programs globally that fully integrate sustainability into our curriculum from the ground up. We are a low residency program where part of our courses are taught online and the other portion are taught over long weekend residencies in New York City. We are a deeply experiential program with first year students partaking in a course called NYC Lab, where they work on real world sustainability challenges for clients. This year, our clients are Siemens Wind Power, JetBlue, and the New York State Department of Agriculture and Markets. Thank you all for joining us today. Please do mute your phones and headsets at this time to reduce the chance of feedback during this call. I will now turn over the floor to Brooke, who will introduce Lev. Welcome to both of you. Thank you very much, Stephanie, and thank you very much, Lev, for joining us. Lev is certified both as an empowerment. Lev is certified both as an empowerment life coach and an integrative founding practitioner and works with change makers, pioneers, innovators, natural leaders, and trailblazers who are devoted to growing the emerging culture through a sustainable livelihood and are striving to ground their visionary ideas into practical plans that embody the essence of their purpose. Um, I just want to say that personally I was very drawn to learning more about Lev and the work that he does being a as a student in the Bard MBA program because this is very much in line with what we are learning here in our curriculum. So thank you very much, Lev, for joining us. You're so welcome. It's really a <laughs> privilege to be here and to be part of this conversation in the MBA for sustainability at Bard. Appreciate it. So would you like to start off with telling us a little bit about what it means to to work with heart-centric visioning, which is something that you you, you indicate on your website as, as a, a main focus of the work that you do? Well, on a very simple level, I would say it's really about connecting with what's most important in your life. And I know in, in my own experience, I've when I listen to my heart, that's when I can hear what's most important to me. And when I when when my thoughts are, are racing and I'm thinking about uh you know the my more basic needs of survival or you know having enough money or security in the bank those are important and uh, the mind is is uh useful and helpful for you know orienting me to to meet those needs. Uh, but in terms of where does my real courage and, and passion and inspiration to contribute to something larger come from, it's, it's from the heart uh, in, in, a, in a physical sense and, and also in a, you know emotional, energetic, or, or spiritual sense. But, that, you know, I, there's a, a saying that I'm, is, is quite familiar, you know, the journey you know, from the, the head to the heart is, you know, the longest journey you'll ever make. Um, and so my feeling is that in, in all areas of, of 
society in, in all of our pursuits of livelihood that right now it's really um, a powerful and essential practice to move to be moving into the heart um, because that's really where also our care is that, that we actually care about what's happening in the world and we can use our minds to to you know orient our actions towards solutions you know our minds are very creative but the that creativity needs to be uh, woven into our sense of care for each other, for humanity, and for the earth and uh, what's what's unfolding right now at this pivotal time in in our evolution as a planet. Oh, thank you. But and you mentioned moving into the heart, and that's where the care is, and really aligning the mind. And Is this part of the work that you really go through with creating a legacy vision? You know, finding what that is that drives you and then being able to integrate it? Would you, would you mind talking a little bit about the creation of a legacy vision and how you're able to find what drives people or help them find what drives them beyond just money yeah. and food? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, money, food, clothing, and shelter. <laughs> Right. This is that. That's the. You know, we have the um, the trying Maslow's hierarchy of needs is kind of what I'm re- referencing there. Um, and you know, we having the you know in the people who are able to be taking an MBA in sustainability and to be doing coaching work of this sort. Um, you know, are, there's we have a certain even if we have the fears around where's my rent going to come from, uh, you know, in, in this, you know, uh, landscape and in this society, we, we have actually so much and to be grateful for, and there's so many resources that we have available to us that, you know, we're, we're at a place, yes, where our, our base needs are taken care of for the most part. And that this, both this privilege, um, and also this responsibility to, you know, uh, unfold the the next levels of our uh, capacity, not just focusing on food, clothing, and shelter, and not just focusing on, you know, our our status and and, uh, sense of, you know, uh, importance in society, but looking into the legacy, the legacy vision is what you you mentioned. And Mm -hmm. the... One of the practices that I do uh, at the beginning of every session with my clients my clients is um, aligning ourselves from the heart with, uh, you know, connecting up into the sky above, out of the top of the head, and then down into the earth through the tailbone. So we have this vertical connection of, you know, feeling uh, an energetic or visceral embodied connection with with the earth from our heart and from our body down into the the center of the earth, the, the heart of the earth and then up into the sky and the, and the universe. So this is this vertical connection, just like trees are connected in that way all the time. That's what they're focused on, the, going from the earth to the sky. And then the legacy vision, in a sense, is, you know, connect, from this connection with the earth and with, with the whole of life, with all of life and the universe, how do we uh, move forward and backward um, you know, I mean, there's another phrase I work with called the thread of guidance. 
we are uh, we have this this uh, um, thread from the the back of our hearts back into the past from the day we were born all the way out into the future in front of us, um, and we can see that everything in our lives has there's been a presence of guidance leading us from one step to the next. So we can, you know, find value in all of our life experiences. And from that that perspective, we can move into the future and um, really, from our hearts, create a legacy vision for ourselves. And a legacy vision is really what I see it as is the integration of your own personal sense of what is my reason for being here? What is my unique individual reason, personal reason for being here? Why am I embodied on the planet right now at this particular time? So it's it's that on the one hand, uh, and integrating that with a, 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 pers- a personal relationship with the, the the universal or the planetary. Uh, movement of of change and evolution and and healing and transformation that's happening. So um, I can talk more about that in my own experience and, uh, you know, some of my clients that I've worked with, how those two work together. But I think it's very important to have our own individual sense of what do I want to create in my life? You know, how do I, you know, where do I want to live and, and what impact do I want to make? in my community and through the work that I do with a sense of I'm doing that with the context of whole uh, movement of, of, of humanity of people and life itself that's evolving towards something more conscious and more uh, connected and more caring and more beautiful and good. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, it does. It just, um, I guess it does seem to me just pretty much like how it was introduced to us, um, well, in a similar slash, uh, a similar way in our personal leadership development course um, last year, uh, because it's, it, you know, it just seems intimidating because you're one person and you're trying to find out where you live, you know, where your place is in the universe, and at least where in the world, <laughs> what is your place, what is your role. Um, I guess, could you give, it would be nice to maybe give an example of um, just maybe a step in that direction, how you have that conversation and and kind of, you know, not just, and and be able to focus on, you know, there's you and not just think of it as this huge daunting task, but just focus on yourself. So it might be, so an example might be a good way to to share how that goes, because right now it just seems like that's a huge uh, undertaking of finding out where I belong in the universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm thinking of um, someone that I'm working with currently. Mm-hmm. I've been working with uh, since since the winter, uh, so yeah, about 10 months now. And he was in a... Um, Nonprofit doing um, managing a, a community supported agriculture project, uh, and, and he, so he was managing it. And 
he had been doing it for about three years, and it's good work, and he cares about the, um, you know, the food system. It's something that he really cares about. But he found himself, you know, sitting behind a computer a lot, and so he was something, he didn't feel like he was fulfilling his full potential. And he'd done some other very interesting things in the past and felt, you know, a sense of real excitement and empowerment in the past. Um, you know, he, he lived... He he's he lived in Europe and he he lived in the Middle East and started a recycling center there and done some very uh, creative projects. Uh, but so he was feeling like what what he was doing was not coming from his heart. You know, it, it sort of on paper or in his mind, it felt like oh well, I'm doing good work, but he, he wasn't feeling it. And so, you know, we went into a number of uh, practices and really he had the opportunity to step back from his work and, and create some space and say, okay, well, first of all, let me just feel my heart. You know, there's a practice of just feeling my heart and, you know, what, what that feels like. And then from that place of feeling the heart using, uh, you know, you were asking me how the sound works into what I do and with the visioning with it, when I, when I, work uh, with visioning practices, um, I always use sound, you know, my own voice or other instruments uh, to accompany the, the the guided imagery, the guided visualization that I offer uh, because it, it gives people that uh, added dimension of, of, of space and permission to dream and, and to let go of the how. Because I know for myself, uh, you know, the minute I move into a creative, imaginative mindset, uh, I, I, there's there's a instinct mechanism that in my mind that says, "How is it going to happen? How is it going to happen?" And that stops the flow of the, the creative visioning and imagination process. So, using sound helps to you know, uh, I would say fortify our capacity to continue uh, with uh, an un, uh, unbroken stream of staying connected to the to the creative process. And you know, so from from that those uh, experiences of going into a vision of what is my life going to look like um, in five and ten years. What what do I want my um, what do I what do I imagine people are going to be saying uh, at my funeral about the life that I lived and what was really important about what the con- contribution that I made and and doing actual visioning work around that actually encountering that future memory so to speak um, so having those kinds of experiences. And then coming back from them and writing them down, you know, writing down, uh, there's a practice I engage uh, my clients in of writing a, a eulogy when someone else writes a eulogy about them for, you know, at their funeral, what, what are they going to talk about? And and then, then also writing a letter to the seven generations into the future. 200 years into the future, writing a letter, communicating with the future uh, children and, and inhabitants of this earth, our, uh, our you know, ancestors into the future. 
so to speak. Um, and so that's the foundation. Uh, there's a foundational piece there of of stretching uh, our our paradigm, and creating more space around the context that we're living in um, and thinking about. And so so we did some of those processes, and you know, so having that ability to step back, and then you know, going into mind mapping, and well, I'm I'm really interested in in you know this you know, spiritual practice, and I'm really interested in the food system, and I'm interested in impact investing, and I'm interested in, um, you know, consulting, you know, and, and government policy. You know, this is the, my, this client that I was working with, all these different areas. And so there was this kind of a, a process of pulling it apart, you know, pulling apart everything that's inside, allowing it to, to, to manifest. Uh, like in a mind mapping sort of way, and then from there we we know what we're dealing with, and then we can focus in on okay, well, if we're going to have a legacy vision, if we're going to have a, a, a one or two or five or ten or twenty or fifty year plan, you know, how can we see our own development within the context of what we are we're passionate about and then from from that place is honing in on okay well what's 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 the priority what's most alive in me right now and what's most realistic to engage with and then you know as i move i can be integrating and incorporating you know the different elements of my vision as i as i go forward um so you know what he has found himself doing at this point is working um, with something called the the Open Food Network, which is uh, coming out of the amazing platform that's coming out of Australia that is really um, supporting uh, local food systems, basically, and, and creating local markets that are with this online platform. So it's very similar to what he was doing, but He's he's working in a very different context and from a different place, um, and so that, that's one project that he's engaged in. Um, and he's also done a lot a lot of more uh, more networking in in the uh, permaculture in the transition town, um, you know networks, and and he's really actually starting to orient himself and doing in, in starting to engage in projects as from the perspective of being a consultant as a local specializing in, in, in local food. So he's a local food consultant. Uh, and, and his mission is really bringing the sacred back into food, into the food system. Um, so, you know, and that's where he is now. And, and of course, um, because of that foundational work that we did, he wouldn't have gotten to that mission. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's so, so it's very simple mission of bringing the sacred back into the food system and that was you know that was a real journey for him to step into that with both feet and own that um that mission for himself and and now it's vibrating within him in in a really natural way um and and when he speaks about it other people are uh you know really uh relating to it you know so so that's 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 
a beginning place. Is that helpful? We can, then we can keep moving from there. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was that was very very helpful. Um, it was also nice to hear of like the sort of timeline that it might take someone. I mean, I know it's just one example, but just to be able to be open and and find that honesty within yourself of of what really motivates you and how to put that down. And and um, I know for us, um, for some of us, that was really difficult when we did something very similar in class. Uh, last year, um, you know, finding what that true motivator is, you know, it's beyond money. It's because money, like you were saying, it's something you can kind of get. You know, you can get a job, you can get rent. These are things you can you can acquire, but you may not love what you're doing in the process of acquisition. Um, so it does seem like a very <laughs> um, life changing. And very stimulating like experience. Um, do you find that it takes, you know, in order for someone to really understand what their true motivators are, it could take several months, typically, to really be that honest with yourself. Um, to open up. Well, I think I think it's like it can happen right now in this very moment, and it can and it takes a lifetime, both. In the same, it's simultaneously. It's it's an it's a. We're always evolving, and mm-hmm. we're always you know, it, which you know that question kind of connects into, you know, the myth of. I'm kind of making a a jump here, but I'll 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 come back and make sure we're all moving together. But it kind of connects back to, you know, this this mythic idea of enlightenment. You know that there's people that we that someday we're going to get there and we're going to arrive at a place where aha, now I got it and you know from now on and I'll just know and it'll be easy and and it'll everything will be clear and um, I think that's an outdated uh, model that's that's not uh, it doesn't fit with my experience. Um, that's for sure, and and you know this perspective on on our world that's that we're constantly evolving, and and that's what it seems. There's so much change happening. Um, that's 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 what seems more relevant and useful to me is that actually we have to be engaged in a process and a practice of uh, that's continually stoking our fire. So how do we rejuvenate ourselves and how do we build rejuvenation um, of our spirit and, and, and what, what is important to us into our lives in, in, a, in sort of a fractal pattern every day, every week, every month, every year. And so, um, you know, every season, you know, there's a seasonal you know, aspect. How do we move through time um, staying inspired, you know, or, or moving through the, the process of inspiration. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, I want to say that much. Thank you. Um, that's, a, that's a great point. I mean, the, the, it, the, our world keeps changing, so it makes sense that we would have to continually change ourselves or we would 
find ourselves disjointed if we didn't change as well. So that's that's an excellent point. Um, you mentioned working with music, and I know we had talked about it a little bit beforehand. Um, but are there any other tools that you, you know, it's kind of just outside of what people might be expecting um, that help in your work with is helping people connect to what their inner voice is telling them, what their inner desires are telling them. You mentioned also having them write a lot of stuff. Is it a lot of um, like journaling and and just mapping that tends to happen? Is that pretty much like the basics? And is there anything else that you might do that people might not know about? Um, yeah. So there's there's uh, yeah journaling. Uh, on particular questions and mind mapping and um, and doing uh, visualization practices and uh, you know spending time reflecting uh, in nature. Um, the two other things that I'm thinking of that uh, that you're asking is um, there's a practice from that I I started working with from uh, the the uh, Jewish tradition of the, of the called Hit um, Bodedut, which means literally to be alone with yourself. And the practice is from a particular uh, spiritual teacher of speaking out loud to the source of life, whoever, however you relate to the source of life. You know, if you want to say God or or the universe or your your higher self or your your heart. You know, how, however you relate to, you know, your source and having time where you're actually speaking out loud to an other, you know, uh, and so it's a similar practice to journaling, but you're using your voice and you're and you're uh, and you're speaking out loud. Um, that's a very powerful practice because uh, you, in, in a sense, with using it's you, you're using sound. And you're vibrating your body, and, and you're you're speaking um, whatever you're struggling with, or whatever you're grateful for. You know, having time to not just think, but but vocalize uh, to yourself. And then an extension of that is involving your community um, in your visioning process. So I, I always begin my work with, with clients with um, doing a commitment, a ritual of commitment, um, or w where we we create something together, you know, it's whatever's meaningful to each individual. Uh, we create a, uh, a meaningful experience that is going to really tell tell themselves, like, Hey, I mean business. I'm really gonna uh, create a, a framework for my life right now where I'm gonna be. I'm gonna hold myself accountable to moving along this line of of what's what's true to my heart. And one of the best ways to do that is to involve other people and to, and to say, Hey, I just started this um, journey, this intentional journey of really finding out what's most important to me and manifesting that step by step in the world, you know, as a business, as an organization, as a project. Um, and 
I'm, I'm, I'm communicating that to you, and I want you, my community, to hold me accountable. You know, and I want you to be involved. I'm going to check back in with you, and and know, and and you're going to be involved in the process. Um, so that's another another uh, aspect of of what I do is connecting ourselves to, you know, in in, in bringing making bringing uh, this kind of intentionality into our relationships with others. Um, and then the the last piece I would say is um, there's you know, connecting with with the other visionaries in the world that guide us, uh, and you know the, the legacy vision uh, coaching program that I guide people through. That's the framework for what I do. We I have suggested reading, and you know, very much encouraged reading uh, with some of the the authors that have really shaped. And my vision, uh, my larger vision of what's happening right now in the world, and how I can understand it, and and so that that's this is the that's the piece around connecting our own individual journey and our own personal vision for what's most important for us to individually to engage with in the world, with what's happening globally, universally, planetarily, you know. And, you know, some of the authors, you can look on my website, the first one is Thomas Berry, uh, who's written a lot about, um, you know, he's one of the the titles of, of one of the books that he's written is called The Great Work. And so he's talking about this great work of moving from, what he calls an industrial mythology into an ecological mythology where we as human beings see ourselves once again as a dimension of the earth itself, an expression of the earth itself. And he, in his writing, he really maps out the, the, the historical evolution of you know, where we're coming from and where we are now and where we really need to go in order to uh, address the, 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 the place that we're in as, as a uh, planet and as a really a human, commu- a human community. Um, and then from there, we uh, work with Jose Argoyas. Um, I'm not going to go into all the books, but, but that's, that's the foundation is... is um, you know, is, is really immersing ourselves in, in thinkers that that um, are looking from this perspective. That's that excellent point. Um, yeah, if you, if any of the listeners do want to know more about the authors that Web uses his guidance, um, there's a long list and all the books are there. Um, so please do check it out. But uh, I find it very interesting, especially like if you're working with entrepreneurs, uh, you know, working with entrepreneurs or people who want to be leaders or even just want to find out what their purpose is in life, reaching out to other resources and, and finding out how others have kind of shaped their own path and, and really carved their own way or just what moves them is very helpful to be able to help center yourself and um, feel like you're at least going in the right direction through all of this. Um, that was also something we, we did with in class was 
reading other works of, of leaders and examples of other leaders and people who have, who have found the vision or at least like how they came to create their vision. It's very, very helpful. Um, is, is there anything different about like working with um, like advice I guess that you would have for um, an entrepreneur who feels that they are extremely overwhelmed and may be struggling with what they're doing, um, that they have this idea, they have this motion, but are feeling sort of stuck. I feel like you've gone over a lot, but um, just to kind of focus on entrepreneurs, I guess in general, um, that, you know, you have this drive and maybe it's just so that maybe it's not enough for some reason, just the, the blockage. Um, mm. of how difficult it may be. Is mm. there something that you tend to, is that something you tend to see a lot where entrepreneurs feel like, I have this idea and it's great and it's wonderful. I just am too overwhelmed right now to really attack it or I don't have the motivation even though I have, you know, somewhat of a drive that just doesn't feel like enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a, I think that's probably the most important question on the planet right now. <laughs> so, uh, you, I mean, there's there's a, there's probably an infinite amount of ways to ask that question, but it's it's really that's that's the question: is how do we keep it going? How do we keep the fire going? Um, and um, for me, that question's related to um, I don't know. You gave me a list of questions beforehand. You know, like you know, how did I get into this and into this kind of work and um you know it's kind of a there's there's a a funny uh, joke um you know i remember when i was a kid they had this commercial for hair club for men he says i'm not only the hair club president but i'm also a client and um so so that's how i feel about my coaching you know it's like any Mm -hmm. anything that i offer to any of the, the 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 coaching programs or the um, classes that I've done, you know, I, I'm get, I'm doing it because I need it myself. I need to, 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 to go through these processes and, you know, and, and the clients that I work with, I'm going through it with them. And there's a, a really interesting, you know, process of transformation, um, and, and becoming, you know, peeling away layers of becoming more transparent and more authentic and more real as, as best I can uh, in my own process and having that balance between, you know, holding space for others, you know, and and then also being real and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm a human I'm a human being too, and I'm I'm on this journey of entrepreneurship and you know, bringing my vision into the world. So what you, the question that you're asking is, I'm going to answer it on a personal level as well as, you know, from the perspective of all the, the clients that I've worked with. Um, so, you know, how, so yeah, so, so, so that's all in preface to say that I've had, I've been working at, at this business, uh, you know, full time for five years. And uh, a couple of years before that I was, you know, I got the idea for becoming a coach. I was working in addiction treatment um, and and working with people in um, health education and 
wanting them to feel more empowered and, and finding, trying to find tools for that. And that's how I came about coaching, the coaching model. And then I went and became certified as an empowerment life coach um, and then started my own practice. But it, that, that's where I started from, that place. And then my long-term bigger vision has to do with creating a, a, not just a, a co- coaching program, but but a center to to go to to create, and I was working towards that. And in the last year, um, I actually let go of the the vision that I was developing. Um, not the vision, but the, the practical element. I was living on a piece of land in the Hudson Valley, and I moved down to Brooklyn uh, to be with my fiance. And also, I realized. You know, it's a long story, but it wasn't going to happen on that piece of land. Uh, so I had to let that go. And, you know, to be honest, it's been like an incredibly challenging year for me. Um, and I'm just kind of finding that fire again, you know, after this last year of really feeling like the question that you're asking. Like, I, you know, this was too much for me. I, I bit off more than I could chew. This vision is just too big for me to step into. Because um, I was actually moving towards it in a, in a, on the practical level, um, and you know, basically, what on a very practical level, I, I was renting this land, and you know, the the owners were interested. They they had talked to me about selling, um, but then when it went time, when it came time to actually move and to be practical, they they really weren't ready to to have that conversation. So I had to you know, let go in the, of, of the vision in that uh, expression. So, um, you know, and now I'm in a different place, a different context, a different, you know, place in my life. And so the first thing I would say, you know, that, that's been very helpful for me is continuing to find allies. You know, and when when I mean allies, it's like yes, you can you can hire a coach, you know that's and, and a coach can really be an ally, absolutely, and you can have friends and um, colleagues and mentors and teachers, and you know all of the above, and and there's but there's people, you know I don't know my, I, someone was just was just telling me the phrase like that, you know there's angels whispering in your ear you know, at all times, you know, and, and they show up differently in, in your life. Like for me, you know, I, I just met this, this man at a retreat a couple of weeks ago and we've been talking and he's just been an angel in my life the last few weeks, like really helping me to uh, ask me this kind of question. How do I keep my fire alive right now? How do I stay moving and stay engaged? Um, and, and he's really uh, someone who's able to and, and excited about being uh, with me um, in that in that heart space and, and really sees me in that place and sees the value of what it is that that I'm carrying. And he says, "Look, keep moving. It's, it's we need it so much. We need it so much. You know, this world needs what you have so much." And you have to keep committed to it and, and uh, devoted to it and keep allowing it to grow that it's not, it's not, it's never over. 
it kind of connects back to that first uh, or something else I was saying about, you know, this myth of enlightenment, right? That it's like at a, a certain, like the same way that at, at one point, you know, you're going to arrive and everything will be, you know, perfect, you know, in the same way that that's not really uh, relevant or it doesn't, it's not a, it's not an expression of reality. It's also not ex an expression of reality that, you know, you're stuck forever. You know, this is life is, you know, we, in, in our Western mindset, we have a, the historical lens is very linear. Like we're moving in life from the birth to death, you know, it's a straight line or from the past into the future. Um, but, you know, the ancient perspective of, uh, you know, indigenous cultures is, is more circular, moving through time in a circular way through the seasons. And that's a circular way. And uh, someone like Thomas Berry, he talks about integrating those two relationships with time, the linear and the circular, to have a spiraling relationship with time. So that it's a cyclical, we're moving in a cycle through time, but we're evolving. You know, so the next time that we come back around, you know, right now it's fall, right? It was fall last year, but I've spiraled into another evolution. So, so we're never stuck. We're never yeah. stuck. So I'll say it like that. Thank you. I think that's extremely good advice is to, you know, bring in allies and finding other people to really help you and work with you. And, um, yeah, especially as a, as an entrepreneur, you might feel lonely, um, or at least on your own. So bringing more people in is definitely helpful. So thank you. Um, I don't know. Is there any other questions? I mean, Stephanie, I'm just checking the time right now. Sure, thanks. Um, so, you know, at this point, yeah, Brooke, at this point, we could open it up to some questions on the line. We have a couple callers. Okay. So is there anyone on the line that wants to ask Lev a question relating to what he's discussing with coaching and your legacy and really um, how to become like our true selves and how that can actually go into the workplace? Um, so if anyone on the line has a question, now is the time. Um, you all should be unmuted. So feel free to speak up. Seems like we have it's a little shyer today than usual. But if anyone does want to chime in, please do because this is a conversation that we would love for everyone to be a part of. Um, but you know, I'm more than happy, Lev, to to you know ask a question that we were talking about a bit. You know, you know, I'm thinking through. You know, I'm helping to run an MBA program, and we have a lot of students who want to go into leadership positions, right? And part of what we do in the BART MBA, we have our personal leadership and development class because we really feel it's important for people to understand themselves and be able to bring that to work and really know who they are as leaders so that, you know, that way you can do the bigger work of sustainability and integrating social and environmental work into actually business. So, you know, I feel a lot of your work is value add to almost anyone. And, you know, what do you think is your, the thing that you have, your, your skill set, the, and what you do with your coaching that could really add value to someone like a CEO of a huge company? Like, where do you see that, what you do really adding value in that kind of scale? 
Well, yeah, that's a that's a really beautiful question that I've thought about for the last two or three years. Is you know having having a desire and a longing to impact and leverage people in significant positions of power who can who can who really have the potential to to make an incredible difference. You know, we we have a number of examples of people who um you know have have I think gone through the kind of process that that I work on in my own life and, and with my clients, you know, the the owner of Patagonia and there's there's a number of of really you know inspired and inspiring and conscious uh large businesses in the world and that being said you know it's 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 a very you know there's so much more right there's there's the the business as usual world that really uh i think needs so much uh of of this kind of perspective and i guess what i would say um is is there is a a quote um, that I'm going to paraphrase from Thomas Berry, who who says that really, um, you know, the only the only thing that we can focus on right now is, is of any relevance in our world, you know, if we boil it all down, is the relationship between humanity and the earth. That is the, the fundamental relationship that needs to be. All, all, all hands on deck, all eyes focused on that, uh, on, on this relationship between humanity and the earth. It's not about human. It's not about uh, nation and nation. How do we get along between between nations or between communities or you know how does the how do we how do we function within an economy? It's how do humanity uh, relate. In, in in a harmonious way, in a new way, with our home, the earth, and so it, when we and when we open our context to that level, to that degree, all of the other contexts of struggle, of, of conflict, uh, are included within it, and in a sense, dissolved. Right? Then we don't have nation against nation and business in competition with business. Um, because we're all realizing that hey, we we are on this planet that really needs to we all need to work together. So that's that's what I would say fundamentally is the value that I would bring to a CEO is saying is, is helping them to see from that perspective and creating a space that's actually safe to do that, where they have permission to do that. Um, you know, that's, that's back away from, I have responsibilities to, uh, my shareholders and to stakeholders and to employees, um, and, and to everyone that is putting pressure on me to make decisions from the bottom line and from the business as usual culture. Um, so that's to, to, to go, to have a space to, to go into, an imagination process, a creative process, to think, what would it be like for me to orient myself and orient 
my leadership and the decision-making process that I engage with from that fundamental place of the only thing that really matters is the, the relationship between humanity and the earth. And from the place that I'm in, I'm sitting, you know, as the CEO of, you know, a corporation that has 10,000 or 50,000 employees and, you know, whatever, whatever level of, of responsibility and impact that they're engaged with in the world, you know, how do I then, you know, communicate, you know, with, with the, you know, my managers, with, with my, my other, my leadership team, you know, all the employees, and then out into the, the, the customer base, um, and then out into, you know, business to business communication. Um, so that's, that's the fundamental place. And, and of course, um, you know, there's a, a whole element of using sound that, that um, really facilitates that process and facilitates the process of um, opening up, you know, channels of creativity that we don't normally have access to when we're engaged in the kind of thinking that's uh, bottom line focused and uh, as, as, the, as what's, what we're leading from. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's it's about a bigger thing, right, than being a CEO of a company. It's a lot more about how does your work actually influence the greater world, right, which I think has become so apparent with the climate change debates and what's happening now, but even beyond that, it's humanity, right? So, and people are really what make up an organization. If you don't empower your people and you don't, you know, people don't believe in your mission, then, you know, you really don't have a company. So I think it absolutely makes sense and it all kind of goes together. Um, but with that said, I mean, is there a leader of a big company or or an organization that you kind of look up to and say, wow, that person really connects with humanity in this level that we're discussing. Do you, have you seen a leader like that? Um, well, someone that I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, he actually, I can't remember his name, but he's, he's, he wrote a book. He, he lives on, uh, I think, on, on Cape Cod, and he has a a business. Uh, he he builds homes, and the way the way that they're, um, I'll have to find the the title of the book. Um, but but the basically, you know, he decided that he the way that they were going to grow the business was was that they actually were going to stop growing, and, and he. And, and they were going to create a, like a steady state growth. And, and they, he brought in all of his employees and co-op, uh, co-opted, uh, turned the business into a co-op, a cooperative, um, consciously, and, and engaged the employees in, in a uh, really a, a process of coming into a sense of we're, we're actually a family this business is a family and we care about each other's families and, and, and they really um, engage in some really powerful conversations to make a choice that if, if we, they were at a certain point where they were growing for 10 years and then after they were at this point where they said, if we continue to grow, we're going to have to significantly change the way that we do business. And they decided, you know, we're actually not going to keep growing in that in this way we're going to stay where we are and 
and we're going to grow uh, in regards to our consciousness, you could say, and in, in, in our resilience by growing uh, and strengthening the, our relationships, the relationships of the uh, the 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 work the team the workers on the team and the relationships with the, their clients, you know, deepening the relationships with their clients and you know this is a, this is a company that you know is working in sustainable building and design. Um, so so it's just uh, that's 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 what, what comes to mind right now. I love yeah, I think that's a great example. Can I jump in with a question? Absolutely. Please go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, I actually have, I think, the book that you're talking about right on my desk. It's by John Abrams, and it's called The That's Company. it. Yeah. That's it. Great. Absolutely. Highly recommend it, and, you know, definitely a person with a lot of integrity. Um, I, first of all, I thank you for having this conversation with Brooke and with Stephanie and us. Um, my question is kind of practical, but also kind of philosophical. So, you know, for some of us who are going to be going off and working as consultants once we finish with the MBA program, it's kind of a similar business model to yours. Um, and I'm wondering how much of your time do you invest in developing your consulting business? You have all these tools and skills and intuitive ability, and it just feels like people should be lining up. But as we know, not everybody's open and, and ready for that kind of a commitment. So... I'm wondering, you know, how do you find your clients or how do they find you and, and what is it that you can offer them that makes them decide to commit to your program? Hmm. Yeah, well, that's, 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 I guess, where the rubber hits the road, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, it's been, a, it's been uh, a journey, a challenge for me. And... Um, I think, you know, some of I've, I've had clients who have found me just on my website, um, and then you know I found clients through um, really email marketing and and you know partnering with colleagues uh, and sharing programs with with uh, you know colleagues in their communities. Um, and and doing online events like um, interview series I, I did a few years ago, um, and so that that's helped to build my community. Um, but that's that's you know it's it's been to, to tell you the truth it's been challenging for me um, you know to keep the energy up and uh, in the last couple of years and. Uh, at this point, I'm I'm actually like feeling. You know, I was thinking about this interview, and I and I, you know, wanting to really be transparent and and think about how my life and my business has evolved. Um, and I'm in a process right now of really seeing my 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 mission in a in a more fluid way, where you know I'm I'm like looking at how can I partner or work with other organizations or, you know, get, get, you know, go and get part-time work sometimes if I need to, um, with, with like-minded organizations, um, to have experiences in organizations in other ways, 
um, and then, you know, to, to grow myself. In other words, I feel that it's, it's, it's important to, to be, to be fluid in the development of, of, you know, your business and your mission. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's important to, you know, pull back and, and say, you know what, I'm going to, um, I'm going to learn from, from being in another organization. And I think, you know, that's probably what, what you're doing. Like there's an internship program at M- I think with, uh, with your MBA program. Is that true? Um, yeah, oh, it's part available. Yeah. Through the program. Definitely. Yeah. So that's a, so that's a really valuable thing is, you know, to be engaged in other organizations. That's something, because I, I started my work after working in social services for two years, and then I started my own coaching business. And that's what I've been doing for the last five years. And I'm at a point, and now that I'm moving to the, I moved to the city here, and I'm, I'm feeling like, wow, I really would value the experience of, of, being engaged and being part of another organization. Um, and I think that would help me to really be tapped in to, to working and supporting organizations and building my own organization um, over time. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where I am uh, personally in, in that process. Um, but but I would, what I would say, you know, is it does it, it does come down to to relationships you know it comes down to re- building real relationships there's like you know you can do big marketing uh you know like internet marketing and you know building your your email list and you know you can go out and and speak and and write books and that's one way to to do to do it in in if you want to work on that level um but i think you know it, for me, what I'm finding more is, um, you know, really developing relationships with with individuals who are in organizations and who are doing this kind of work and, and you know, becoming part of networks that uh, are uh, of people who are really care about this kind of work. And, 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 and uh, you know, I think, you know, the, the, I, like the two clients that I have that, you know, are in a sense, like I feel clients and also like lifelong friends in a sense. One of them I met in uh, in person and actually the other one I found through my, my website. He just came to me. Um, so, so it's, uh, it's, I, I don't, I guess the short answer is I don't have an exact answer for you, but, but I think also, what I'm, where I'm looking now is, is really to, to start targeting, uh, you know, what are the kinds of organizations that I want to align with and my, who I want to work with um, and starting to build relationships in those organizations. Thank Great. You. Thank you. Yeah, thank honest. you for your question. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for the honest answer because it's something that you know I have struggled with in many phases of my career and um, and, and yeah it's it, it's really a, a challenging question and I appreciate your 
You're welcome. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been, Lev, I know it's already, can you believe it's already 1 p.m. and I think we could go on. I think there's so much, I mean, this hits on so many aspects of everything from, you know, building your own business into what this actually means for the world, right? And so um, it's really been a fascinating conversation. But Brooke, did did you have any, a final question or anything you wanted to say before we wrap up today? Um, yeah, just wanted to take a look to say thank you very much. And um, I know we had a script, but I felt like our conversation just kind of evolved um, <laughs> very much in line with the topic, but it kind of evolved. And I still, I'm just very grateful for, uh, for Lev. Thank you very much for spending the time with us and answering our questions. Um, and uh, very, very helpful, very useful, and so much in line with the BART MBA that it's, I really hope a lot of my peers do had called in or will read the transcript later. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thank you both so much. And we also have to thank our, one of our alums, Jessica Ridgway, who uh, connected me with you, love. So thank you so much for your time today and, and all of you for being on today's call and Brooke um, as well for preparing for today's interview. Um, and just real quick, I want to say, join us for our next Sustainable Business Fridays conversation, which will take place on November 20th at noon. We'll be speaking with Cristiano Resende de Oliveira, a sustainability consultant at Fibria in Brazil. So thank you all for being a part of today's conversation and a big thank you to Lev and Brooke. Have a great weekend, everyone.